Hello and welcome to Coffee and Combos. I'm your host, Liz Bullard, and I'm very excited today to have Larry DePillo here. Um, he is a man of wisdom and has been involved in politics for many years. He currently is running for District 3, is it? District 3. District 3 for Aldermen, and he has run for mayor, has sat on the board of aldermen. But Larry, I will let you introduce yourself. Well, thank you very much, Liz. Uh, yeah, I've been a lifelong Waterbury resident. Uh, my wife and I uh, uh, have both lived in the city our entire lives and uh, uh, have two children, four grandchildren, but that has nothing to do with politics. <laughs> um, I have, uh, uh, as you stated, I've run for comptroller of the city of Waterbury. Uh, I've run for mayor uh, a number of times. Uh, I was successfully uh, elected to the Board of Aldermen uh, two times uh, for two two-year terms. I have been on the uh, retirement board. I have been on the uh, beautification uh, committee for the city of Waterbury. I've been on uh, the uh, Greenway mm-hmm. uh, advisory committee. Uh, and uh, I was known for many, many years as the uh, uh, premier environmentalist here in the city of Waterbury. Oh, wow. uh, I was actually went to Washington, D.C. and testified uh, before the environment committee wow. of the... Uh, U.S. Congress mm-hmm. uh, regarding uh, environmental waste removal here in Waterbury, which was uh, designated by the state of Connecticut to be the uh, premier treatment, storage, and disposal facility for the entire state. Waterbury was going to become the dumping ground for all hazardous waste for the state of Connecticut. Wow. Uh, I was able, uh, through the efforts of a number of people, to save our children's environment, mm-hmm. <clears throat> known as SOCOM. Uh, to um, uh, actually uh, uh, get a lot of information regarding uh, uh, some bad practices mm-hmm. by environmental waste removal. And uh, ultimately, after working for more than 15 years, finally got them shut down in Waterbury. Mm-hmm. Uh, we were able to, uh, because the, the company had come up with a ridiculous, what they called a case set method of mm-hmm. sealing hazardous waste, which didn't work. Oh. I actually paid uh, to the airfare to bring uh, a top environmental scientist from Waterbury's EP, from the uh, U.S. EPA yeah. uh, by the name of Hugh Kaufman, uh, a very well-known whistleblower, to Waterbury. And uh, he determined that the uh, process didn't work, that it was hazardous waste that was be, being mm-hmm. put in our landfill. And after successfully uh, testifying not only before the uh, the Environment uh, Committee of Congress, but also directly to the EPA. So you have a in Washington, lot. <laughs> uh, was uh, able to uh, get the sludge moved out of Waterbury, and it cost environmental waste removal a million dollars to oh put it gosh. up at Love Canal. And uh, they were ordered by the uh, uh, U.S. attorney, whose office I was sitting in at the time, uh, to sell the business or face jail time. So uh, that's when Phoenix Oil came yeah. into picture, and uh, a number of years later, we were able to get them out of the city of Waterbury. Uh, so we saved the city of Waterbury from becoming the environmental dumping ground for the state of Connecticut. You have a lot of like political knowledge, even like listening to like how you were able to connect different people and bring in different resources and to know all to do that. Like I would have been lost, but like. As we can think about, like, we have this election coming up November 5th, and that's yes. our local election where we're going to be doing a voting for mayor, alderman, um, 
uh, top of the ticket, which is going to mm -hmm. be the, uh, you have the town clerk, the mm -hmm. city clerk, and the city sheriff. So you have, there's actually uh, uh, four what they call executive positions. Mm -hmm. you got the mayor, town clerk, city clerk, mm -hmm. city sheriff. Uh, you're going to have a total of uh, 10 aldermen on the ballot mm -hmm. for the Democrats, the Republicans, mm -hmm. and the independents. Mm -hmm. So 15 will get elected out of 30. Mm -hmm. And thanks to the independent party, mm -hmm. the people have that choice. Otherwise, it would be 15 aldermen elected out of 18. Oh. Uh, or, or actually, there's 10 per district, 20. At one time, it was 18. So now it's 20. So without the independent party, uh, 15 of 20 people would get elected as aldermen. And uh, without the independent party, mm -hmm. you would have uh, five of six uh, Board of Education members elected. Okay. So with the independent party, by having nine uh, Board of Education mm -hmm. candidates, five of them get seated. So we've opened up the process to the public to allow them choice. Exactly. And even prior to the independent party, mm -hmm. um, there were times when the other parties may not have ran a candidate. Oh. Which ended up not being an election, but a, a So you are kind of you already knew who was getting yeah, because if there's no one running against you, you're already going to get the seat. Yeah, and that to me was uh, uh, I'm, I absolutely bristle when that happens because that <laughs> that to me is. Uh, uh, when I grew up, you know, they, they talked a lot about communist Russia, you know, where, you, where they put up their candidate and you could go to the polls and vote for their candidate mm -hmm. or you could stay home. And when you look at what goes on politically in the mm -hmm. state of Connecticut and they talk about so many races mm -hmm. with no opponent, mm -hmm. that yeah, is... Yeah, you that, do hear that a lot. Yeah, that unfortunately is the Democrat and the, and the Republican Party, uh, number one, not doing their job of allowing the um, uh, electorate at least... A choice, and uh, and secondly, uh, they become and I hate to use the term fat, dumb, and happy, uh, <laughs> because they can leave a position open, knowing full well that they don't lose that position. So the next time around, if they think they've got somebody they want to run, they can put them in there. Where the minor parties, mm -hmm. like the uh, independent party, mm -hmm. uh, if we don't run a candidate in a particular race, mm -hmm. we lose that spot, mm. and then we have to petition back on. Okay. So not only um, do the Democrats and Republicans show the responsibility to the voters mm -hmm. of putting a candidate up, mm -hmm. um, but they also do it because they know there's no downside to leaving the position open. And, uh, and, and I, you know, again, I bristle when I hear, especially the local party, you know, the yeah. Republican Party now, you know, when they were in power, when the Republicans were in power, as the Democrats would not run somebody in a district, when vice versa, you have mm -hmm. the same situation, and they would say, well, we could not find a candidate to run. Mm -hmm. But yet the Independent Party, we work very hard. Mm -hmm. we're, we're always uh, able to find somebody who wants to run and start to get involved in politics. Mm -hmm. And many times, once we're successful, uh, they end up being Democrats and Republicans mm -hmm. Uh, in future elections. But that's one thing I really like about the independent party as I feel that it gives, if you're new to politics, like a couple of years ago, I was very new to politics. I didn't yeah. know about politics really within the city. I really only knew about, like most people, you know, you have the president, you go out and you vote for the president. Right. But when you really look at your local elections um, affect you on that day to day, whether it's your well rate, whether it's business coming in, or like you were mentioning in the beginning with trash coming in, yeah. all these things that are in effect you day to day. And so 
it's unfortunate when there is a vacancy and it's just like, okay, well, we already know who's going to go there because there's no one to kind of challenge. Yeah, and that's, uh, you know, and in some ways you, you don't want to say that it is purposeful, mm-hmm. but you will see typically um, an incumbent Republican in a, in a spot. Mm-hmm. and uh, no Democrat is running. Mm-hmm. And then you'll see an incumbent Democrat in mm-hmm. the spot and no Republican is running. Mm-hmm. Now, you don't want to say, well, you know what, they basically decided that mm-hmm. uh, this one's going to get in and this one's going to get in. You know, mm-hmm. We're not going to challenge your guy if you mm-hmm. don't challenge our guy. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, you know, on the surface, that's what it looks like. Yeah. And, uh, and as far as uh, not being able to get candidates, it's not that they can't get candidates because, again, we open our doors to mm-hmm. everyone in the independent party it's they can't get candidates that they feel they can control. Mm. And uh, uh, the independents who have uh, gone over to the Republicans mm-hmm. uh, and, and some to the Democrats mm-hmm. uh, will tell you privately, some have said it publicly, but for the most mm-hmm. part they'll tell you privately, um, you know, it, it was totally different. Uh, I sit in a meeting and I'm basically told how I'm going to vote. Oh, no. And, uh, uh, you know, if... Uh, uh, and this is what happened to one, a couple of our candidates. Uh, they became very disenchanted with the party that they went over to because they no longer could speak their mind because if their position was different than the party leader's position, mm-hmm. uh, then basically they were chastised. Do you also think, if I to looking for people, it makes a difference? Like I know for the independents, mm-hmm. on our ticket you can have um, unaffiliates, like I'm not I'm affiliated with any party. You have people that are Republicans and Democrats on your ticket. So you, mm-hmm. you get that chance to run without having to say, I'm this or that, where the other tickets, everyone is either a Democrat, if they're on the Democrat ticket or Republican on the Republican. Do you think that affects it at all? Well, that's very interesting you asked that because uh, my first run uh, for comptroller was as mm-hmm. a Democrat. And my first run for, uh, I ran twice for mayor as, mm-hmm. a, as a Democrat. Mm-hmm. And uh, I can tell you when I was the endorsed candidate, the Democrat Party, uh, on the ticket there were probably uh, two or three Republicans who the day before the endorsement mm-hmm. were Republican and the day of the endorsement were Democrats. So and, they flipped. And what, and what it is, mm-hmm. and you will see this, you know, it, the public doesn't see it. It's mm-hmm. sort of like, uh, you know, the old... Uh, uh, you know, trick. See where uh, you know. See where the see which uh, see which cup the pee is under. Uh, you know, and what they do is the Republicans say we will only run Republicans. Mm-hmm. And the Democrats say we will only run Democrats. Mm-hmm. What they're not telling the public is that uh, the day before the endorsements, mm-hmm. the three or four Republicans are uh, are now Democrats, mm-hmm. and uh, depending on who's in power, mm-hmm. uh, the Democrats are Republicans. They. They change their party affiliation like uh, you and I would change our, uh, our shirt. <laughs> uh, and it doesn't mean anything to them, but what it is is a persona that mm-hmm. they give to the public. Mm-hmm. We want you to vote mm-hmm. Democrat mm-hmm. or we want you to vote Republican. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and the public is not aware mm-hmm. uh, that these uh, uh, politicians, uh, depending on who's in power mm-hmm. and who's in office and who they feel is going to do something mm-hmm. for them, as I said before, change their party affiliation like you and I mm-hmm. would change our shirt. But that's interesting because I thought, like, 
if you were like registered as like to say you know a Democrat or Republican or independent, whatever party it is, like you were that to the day you died. I I did not know that you can switch and kind of looking at people as they have either ran or just looking at people. I'm like, oh, okay, like last year you were this party, then the year before you were this party, and I didn't know there was so much changing that you can do. I thought it was like, okay, like this is my mentality. I believe with the Democrats or I believe with the Republicans, right. and I'm going to do this. So I didn't know it was such an easy process to flip. Well, it's an easy process to change. Mm-hmm. Uh, however, uh, where the uh, uh, catch is, we'll mm-hmm. say a catch, is if you, uh, for instance, were a, uh, uh, a Republican mm-hmm. and uh, uh, you wanted to challenge the okay. Democrat in a primary, mm-hmm. um, the rules for the state of Connecticut are very convoluted. Okay. And a number of people have changed their parties attempting to actually run a primary. Okay. Only to find out that they missed it by a week okay. or they missed it by so many days. So there's a certain cutoff. You have to be an X amount of party a certain amount of days. Right. Not, okay. and, and typically it's a three-month window. Okay. But people think, well, I'll tell you what, if the election's in November, mm-hmm. uh, I can change my party in uh, August. Mm-hmm. Uh, but if the primary is in September, then you've got to change oh. your party by um, uh, June. But that doesn't even apply because the petitions are available at a certain date. So you've got to go back from there. So typically, if you wanted to challenge one of the major party mm-hmm. candidates and you were an unaffiliated mm-hmm. or, or if you were with not an unaffiliated, mm-hmm. but if you were with a major party mm-hmm. other than the one that you want to primary. Okay. Uh, typically, you have to change parties uh, about uh, six months before. By the time end of January mm-hmm. rolls around, mm-hmm. uh, if you haven't changed your party, mm-hmm. uh, you're going to find somewhere along the way that uh, you're not going to be eligible. So. And so can you kind of give a little education on what for... And is it different for just say independent? What does independent mean as far as Connecticut? And is it different for Waterbury? Or is it if you're an independent, you're an independent? Well, that's that's part of what Mike Telesco, mm-hmm. the independent party, spent uh, probably the last ten years in court mm-hmm. uh, because the uh, the state of Connecticut recognizes Democrats, Republicans, mm-hmm. as the major party. The third largest party in the state of Connecticut is the independent party. Okay. And because the two major parties didn't want to have somebody be able to challenge them, mm-hmm. uh, every time somebody in a town would register as an independent, mm-hmm. the state of Connecticut treated them as an individual independent party. Okay. So that uh, when somebody when from Waterbury, we're, we're the independent party, Waterbury Town Committee. Mm-hmm. In Watertown, you have the independent party, Watertown Town Committee. Okay. The state of Connecticut, we're treating those as two different parties. Oh, okay. And uh, we said, no, we're all independents, but the town committee's in Waterbury. Or no, we're independents, and the mm-hmm. town committee's in Watertown. Well, that's what Mike Teleska did. Mike Teleska was finally, after more than a, you know, a decade mm-hmm. in court, uh, get the courts to say there is only one independent party, and statewide. So it doesn't matter whether you're an independent party in Waterbury or Watertown or in Greenwich, mm-hmm. you are part of the independent party statewide. So there is actually a statewide called, uh, it's the uh, Connecticut Independent Party, mm-hmm. the Independent Party of Connecticut. Mm-hmm. And uh, that party actually represents every independent in the state for statewide elections. Okay. Local elections are handled by the various town committees 
throughout okay. the state. So then that's the difference. So like you're, so the independent party recognized as a state. So I remember from um, last year when um, the independent um, challenger wanted to be on the ticket for governor. Right. So then everybody that's independent in the state can come and say and cast their vote for who they want on the ticket on the independent line. Right. Okay. We, we, we do things through a caucus. Caucus. Almost like the, the presidential. Yes. There's a caucus as opposed to a town committee mm-hmm. that basically says we'll select who the candidates are if you don't like who we select then you can primary. Okay. Okay. Where we actually have a caucus where anybody who is an independent can come in and uh, support their candidates statewide. Mm-hmm. And because it's a caucus, uh, once that's done, there is no primary challenge because literally the members of the independent party have selected who their candidates will be. Okay. And that's the difference. Um, now, as far as Waterbury politics goes, uh, we have an election this year. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and there's, there seems to be more interest in the election by individuals, but in some ways... Um, more is not better. Okay. Because uh, typically you would have the Democrat, the Republican, and the Independent. Uh, but then you have a petitioning candidate, and now you have a writing candidate. So when you get to the debates, mm-hmm. um, instead of the questions being longer, okay. more, uh, so you, the, the candidates have to give a uh, more detailed explanation, because there are so many candidates, <clears throat> the timeline has been cut down. Okay. Because they want to get a certain number of questions in. So still wanting... So for people who haven't been to a debate before, so you have all these people that are running for a particular party right. up there, and so they're, everyone's asked the same question. Right. And so when they have to be asked these questions, now that there's more people, instead of them being able to give just, say, five minutes of answer, it's down to, like, 60 seconds. Right. So they, typically now we've had one that was 60 seconds, which literally is, uh, is no time at all. And then you get like a um, uh, a thirty second or rebuttal uh, as the uh, person who answered the question first. That's hard to and be detailed in like that small amount of time. It is, and that's why um, you know one of the things that uh, I was hoping for, uh, especially with the chamber debate, mm-hmm. since that is the premier debate mm-hmm. here in the city of Waterbury, would be that uh, at one time mm-hmm. uh, it was taped, okay, and then it was broadcast mm-hmm. over the. Um, uh, our public access. Mm-hmm. Uh, in the early days, WATR was there, and WATR would actually broadcast it live. So you have a radio audience, and then you would have your uh, TV audience, other than those who just paid mm-hmm. to get into debate. Uh, from what I saw in the last chamber debate, uh, there was no radio okay. um, coverage. Mm-hmm. And again, I, I laid that on the chamber's feet. I'm sure if the chamber said to WATR, we'd love to have you mm-hmm. here to broadcast live, they would have. Uh, I didn't see anybody um, recording it, and I didn't see any announcement that it was going to be on public television. So, um, And that's unfortunate because, like you mentioned, this um, election is a little different. It's a local election, but... I've never seen so many people run for mayor. Yes. And so, you you know, I know some people say, you know, this person, if you have so many, it's going to take away votes from this person, that person. But like you talked about before, it's, you know, the public's right to have all these different choices. And so when that information isn't broadcasted, it's just kind of sad for the public to not have all the information that's available. It is. And, the, and really, you know, to the credit of the Republican American, the newspaper, mm-hmm. uh, they do cover the debates. Okay. And they do write about them. Uh, the big question is, um, 
you know, uh, I know there's a number of people who go online. Mm -hmm. Hopefully they get to see the articles there. Mm -hmm. uh, and those of us who uh, are old school and still get the newsprint <laughs> like I do, uh, you, you get to read it there and, uh, and, and take, you know, take your time as far as, yeah. as, far as I'm concerned. Look and get uh, uh, comments and letters to the editor and those kinds of things. But, you know, with, uh, with the election cycle this year, yeah. it's very tough uh, because Waterbury, like it or not, is becoming a poorer and poorer community. Yeah. And because we've lost so much of our middle class, mm -hmm. uh, there are only so many people that have disposable income. Mm -hmm. And the problem is that uh, the party that's in power uh, has the um, <clears throat> resources <clears throat> to, me, to uh, uh, reach out to people who are on boards and commissions, mm -hmm. elected officials, <clears throat> people who provide services uh, to the city, and uh, it's not unheard of for a mayoral candidate to raise um, $100,000 or $200,000 in a local race. See, I didn't know that was such a thing. I was shocked to kind of see the numbers of what was raised because I was like, okay, it's a local election, and, like, anybody can, you know, kind of naive to politics can run. But seeing, and I thought like big numbers like that were kind of like for the state and federal elections. But even seeing in the local, it, it kind of comes down to the numbers when you want to get your name out there. It does. And if, uh, you know, there's only so much the radio can do. There's yes. only so, many, so much time people have to listen to the radio. Yes. Same thing with public access yep. and, uh, you know, the newspaper. Yep. So, I mean, uh, that's why most of the advertising for the local elections is done through direct mail. Okay. And unfortunately, if you don't have a large war chest, mm -hmm. you're not able to do a lot of direct mail. Typically, um, a, a piece of mail or a letter uh, could average a dollar per, oh, uh, wow. per mailing, per person. By the time you pay for the envelope, you got to pay to the postage, mm -hmm. you got to pay to have that uh, labeled and, mm -hmm. and stuffed. Uh, professionally, you may be paying a dollar uh, per uh, envelope to send it out. Well, if you're sending out to um, there's 50,000 voters, even say 25,000 yeah. uh, people vote, and let's say two per family, even if you uh, sent out 12,000 letters, you could be talking about a single mailer maybe being $10,000 citywide. So when you're thinking about districts, that's a lot of money to go out on a mailer. It is. It's a tremendous amount of money. And, um, you know, it's, I hate to say elections are all about Monday money, but they are. And um, somewhat popularity. So you have to be able to um, reach out to the public. So in an election, money is always an issue. Um, the way you can reach out is through direct mail. Or the other way is uh, knocking on someone's door. The problem with knocking on doors today is people are very fearful. Mm -hmm. uh, they don't know who you are. Uh, you're not really something that says, I'm a politician. Mm -hmm. And even if you were, uh, do they really trust somebody? That's true. So they're knocking on a door. You can hear people on the inside. They decide not to answer the door. Uh, so therefore, you can't reach out to them that way. Mm -hmm. If you try to reach out to them by phone, so many people have gone over to mobile so, phones. <laughs> yeah. And you can't get access to And then you're competing numbers. with robocalls. Yeah, you're competing with the robocalls. And uh, so let's just say reaching the public mm -hmm. is extremely difficult. Maybe you can do it through direct mail, but direct mail is very expensive. And so, that's mm -hmm. why um, any minor party like the independent party is at a disadvantage. But you know what? Uh, you put yourself out there. Uh, sooner or later, uh, people are going to know who you are. They're going to know what you do. And uh, if you're persistent, I believe uh, 
you can get involved in government in uh, a number of different ways. So then my last question for you is, with so many different, you have the, the Republican, the Independent, the um, Democrat Party all on the ticket. Now you also have write-ins. How do people use all the information that's available to them to make their vote? Well, that's a good question. I mean, uh, if they're simply going to do it by direct mail, then they'll be voting for the major party. Okay. Uh, and that's the mail-in ballot, your absentee ballot? No, no, no. I mean, by direct mail, somebody's going to send you a piece of literature. Okay. So you're going to know about the candidates running from that piece of literature, mm -hmm. uh, which is typically going to be in Waterbury, the Democrat Party. Okay. You may get something from the Republican Party. Uh, and the Independent Party is at a disadvantage to, to raising that kind of money. Mm -hmm. uh, the other way is maybe if you're listening to the radio, because mm -hmm. they will interview the various candidates. Um, so, other, and read the newspaper or read the blog of the newspaper. Okay. Uh, but other than that, uh, I think uh, most people will go in, look at a ballot. Mm -hmm. uh, if they're lifelong Democrats, mm -hmm. uh, typically vote Democrat. If okay. they're a lifelong Republican, they'll vote Republican. Uh, they may go up and down the ballot mm -hmm. and see people that are in their neighborhood they've heard about. Yeah. Uh, they understand. So they may jump back and forth and uh, circle uh, uh, someone on the independent line, someone on the Republican, someone on the Democrat. So... Uh, you don't really know uh, uh, what people are going to do until uh, the election's over and you find out. But uh, getting the information out there is getting more and more and more difficult. And because the presidential election has started so mm -hmm. early in the process, nobody's talking about local election. True. Everybody's talking about the presidential election. Because for a minute, I thought we were voting this year for president because yeah. of all the coverage. Because I felt like it was so early. Yeah. So this is going to be a very... Difficult election cycle mm -hmm. uh, for um, the Republicans and independents. Mm -hmm. uh, it is going to be, um, um, like I said, not only difficult, uh, but it's going to require uh, extra effort on the, on the part of an independent party who can't reach out through the mailers that the Democrats and maybe even the Republicans mm -hmm. can. And with the situation with the phone numbers and with the situation with the door-to-door, uh, it's becoming more and more difficult for independent party candidates to get elected. Um, but, however, people who are at it for year after mm -hmm. year after year, the public begins to take notice and they will uh, circle those uh, candidates' names when they go into the ballot box. So that's it. Well, thank you so much for sitting with me and you know educating us on uh, letting us kind of tap into that political knowledge that you have. I hope that you come back again and you kind of educate us some more. Um, is anything else you want to let everybody know, any upcoming events, anything like that that people should know? Well, yes. Mm -hmm. uh, I want to make a plug for the Independent Party. <laughs> All right. Uh, because uh, the people who are with the party are truly independent-minded. Mm -hmm. uh, they don't have an allegiance to anybody, not even to uh, the Independent Party. We don't require allegiance. Okay. Um, so they are people who are your neighbors. Uh, they are people who are uh, concerned citizens that you will see doing cleanups in the neighborhood. Uh, painting somebody's uh, uh, fence uh, if, if they're unable to in their particular neighborhood. Uh, these are people who are community-minded. And uh, if you really want to see a change in government, then the independent line is the best line uh, to get those candidates who are your neighbors, who are out there working on your behalf and uh, willing to get in politics for the right reason, not because they owe allegiance to some party boss, uh, but because their allegiance is to the neighborhoods that they live in. Well, thank you again. So November 5th, go out there and vote, share your I Voted pens. Um, and thank you again for coming on. Well, thank you very much, Liz. It was a real pleasure. <laughs>